first off, I just want to say thank you so much for that beautiful song of benediction, of blessing. Wasn't that amazing? I'm assuming... I am switched on, Nigel. Am I on mute? <laughs> no, not anymore. Good. There we go. So, um, so yesterday, along with an awful lot of you, I would imagine, watched that most moving service of farewell. Is that right? To Prince Philip. Didn't anybody else watch the funeral? Loads of you, yeah. And it was so beautiful, wasn't it? If a funeral can be beautiful. It was understated. It was dignified. Um, and I don't think I'll ever forget that shot down uh, the, outside the chapel with all the soldiers standing with their heads bowed with, with the shadows of the sun sort of f falling away from them in absolute perfection uh, of, uh, of, of line and um, the ceremony and yet the intimacy of it with his family gathered and I, you know, as we all know, just as he planned and wished and I think the heartbreaking moment with the carriage with the, uh, with the red-topped little container of, for the sugar lumps that he used to, uh, used to take with him when he went carriage driving. A beautiful service and a very special and appropriate day of bidding farewell to someone who was, as we all know now, 73 years the consort of our Queen, unstinting in his support, always doing his duty and setting his life and his wishes aside aside for his queen and his country, steadily dependable. And she called him her rock, her rock. And our prayers have got to be with her majesty at this time of her enormous loss. But what a contrast from this man, Philip, to the central character, if I may make that contrast in our Bible passage, to Peter, someone who Jesus had called the rock on which he would build his church. In the passage, we heard about a dawn, about a fire of burning coals. We had Jesus and we had Simon Peter. And I just wondered for all of you whether that actually rang any bells at all of familiarity, because I'll bet it did for Peter. In fact, wouldn't it be a major surprise if he'd actually thought of anything else other than what he had done the night before Jesus was crucified, when he stood beside another fire in the high priest's courtyard and flatly denied knowing Jesus, not just once, but three times before the rooster crowed to herald the dawn. So here we are now, in another place, at another time, but another dawn and another fire. So don't you think that Peter probably spent his intervening days just beating himself up about how he'd let his Lord down, despite all the big talk that he'd never do such a thing? How the awful shame of what he'd done must have burnt into him. And here he is, now, face to face with Jesus and unfinished business between them. And of course, we now know that wonderful conversation in which Jesus restores Peter. 
Three questions responding, corresponding to the three denials. The smell of the fire in the air. And then those three questions taking Peter right back to the place of his disgrace. And yet, here is grace personified. Here's Jesus loving Peter, gently probing Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times. And restoring him, and more than that, actually commissioning him to continue the work that Jesus the Good Shepherd did on earth. Feed my lambs, he said. Take care of my sheep, he said. Look after my sheep. Feed my sheep. There's no possible other interpretation to these words but that Peter is to share Jesus' task of shepherding. And that's the heart of all Christian ministry, I believe, right there. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. No matter what it costs you, and it costs Peter his life. That's the heart, I pray, that it has been of my ministry, but that's also the heart of your ministry. Whether you're ordained or lay, whether you're full-time or part-time, whether you're volunteer or paid, whether you sit at the back row or you're here at the front, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're a doer or a thinker, whether you're coming in person to church or whether you're at home watching and joining us on live stream, Jesus says to you all, take care of my sheep, feed my lambs. And I hope and pray, as I've said, that that call has been the real heart of my ministry here at St. Paul's these last 30 years. First year, as we already told you, a member of the congregation, and latterly for me, uh, 11 years ordained self-supporting minister. Called into the ministry, called specifically into this community, but now called out and called on into pastures new. And you know, this last year, we've all known the cost of ministry, haven't we? The pandemic has stressed us, it's stretched us, and it's taken us to places we never wanted nor expected to go to. And yet, I'd also imagine that during this time, we've also had the chance to step off the treadmill of our normal daily lives, to set aside, even in our isolation, tough though it may have been, maybe to set aside some time to hear God speak in his quiet, soft voice. And many of you have risen to the challenge most brilliantly and beautifully during the pandemic. We've had phone calls, messages, kind words, there's been flowers and cakes on the doorstep, there's been all sorts of wonderful caring and encouraging and loving going on from all of you to each one of you, I hope and pray. And it's been such a privilege to see God working through so many of you in these last year or so. But also some of us have struggled and some of us have had to be humble enough to receive haven't been in the place where we've been able to get out and about and give. And we've had to learn how to accept from others. And you know that's okay, because if there weren't people to receive, then what would the givers do with themselves? They need someone to give to. 
and express their gifts of generosity and encouragement. So if I may, for a few minutes, just let you uh, tell you the story of my year of lockdown and how I and Steve have ended up here today uh, and I at least are preaching my valedictory sermon before we both cast off into the unknown. About a year ago, uh, last March 2020, I had what ended up to be my very last in-person meeting before the first lockdown hit us. And I was down at the cathedral and I was meeting with all the area deans and the two bishops and Archdeacon Paul, uh, Paul Davis, who I didn't really know. After the meeting ended, he asked for a few minutes and he took me on one side and he asked me to consider taking up the role of assistant archdeacon to him. I can tell you, I was utterly astounded. I had never, ever considered anything like that, let alone that I would even have the gifts and skills to fulfil that role. But he assured me that I could act in that capacity um, alongside my ministry here at St Paul's because it would simply substitute for what I'd already been doing as an assistant area dean. And he said, there's no rush, take all the time you need. I promised to go away and think about it, which I, I, uh, as I left, my mind was saying, not really likely, you must be joking. No chance. Anyway, the first lockdown came, and uh, suddenly my mum became seriously ill and she moved in with us and I suddenly had to become a full-time carer for mum and, um, and added to that all that we had to do, of course, all of us to adapt to St Paul's um, with the lockdown and the churches closed and everything. And so I, I did forget all about that offer from Archdeacon Paul. But then mum got better and she went home over the summer and I went back to the idea. And I, I talked and prayed about it with uh, two or three trusted people. And in all honesty, they weren't particularly encouraging, mainly in the context of all that I was already doing, which was fair. However, the thought it just simply wouldn't go away. And at the same time, I started to feel um, unsettled and strangely less excited about <coughs> parish ministry. And I thought it was just me being pretty tired uh, with all that we were doing, with Tom and Sophie not being around, um, with everything else going on. But gradually I did realise it was more than that. And that uh, what I was experiencing is what I could only call um, a holy discontent. And at the same time, God was speaking in similar ways to Steve, my husband. And to my astonishment, it gradually dawned on me that God was calling me out of my parish-based ministry and into a, into a wider role. That was an agonising decision to make. I thought I'd be here forever, leaving you in a box. <laughs> And I did wrestle with it for some time, but eventually I said simply to God, here I am, send me, what else can you say, huh? And I submitted to his calling, and immediately, immediately I had this wonderful sense of peace just washed through me. And the peace has never left me, even today, with the swirl of emotions that I've got going on right now. And it's the right decision, you know, for many reasons, and not just to do with me. 
Because my departure opens a way for a two-way blessing. I know I'm going to be blessed by following where God's leading me, wherever that happens to be. And I also know that I need to go so that you can be blessed by my departure. Well, what, what do I mean by that? Well, if God's leading me on, and we believe he is, it's because he wants to bless you as well as me. It goes both ways. I need to go so that you can find out what blessings he's got in store for you. And I actually think my remaining would block the way for others to step up. I need to get out of the way so that God can fulfill his plans for this church and for all of you as individuals. What he's calling you to. And you'll be blessed when you answer that call, just as I am being. Twelve years ago, you know, I left a teaching job that I really enjoyed in order to come and work here unpaid full-time, and I've never regretted it. I had no idea what it would be like coming into the ministry. I just cast off. And a few weeks ago, when I was having a bit of a wobble, I sensed God speaking to me in similar terms, and he just said to me this, just get in the boat. Trust me. Set sail and see where the Holy Spirit takes you. Just get in the boat. Now, I was once told that sailors apparently never say that they sail to somewhere. Apparently, they sail towards. I didn't know that. I don't know if it's true, but it's a really good illustration of where Steve and I are at right now. We don't know where we're sailing to, but we are ready to sail towards with no set destination in view. We don't know, as we've said, where we'll worship in the future, and I don't really know what shape my new ministry will take. But if I can say anything to you today, it's this. If you think that God is calling you to something different than what you're doing already, then say yes. Get into the boat and set sail. Put your trust in God and sail towards. You'll never regret it if God is with you. Feed my lambs, said Jesus. Do you know that's a call, I believe, into the children and youth ministry of this church for some of you. As we know, Louisa is leaving at the end of the summer. What a loss she'll be, an amazing ministry she's had. We have Ben and the youth ministry with us also and they will have gaps too for people to come and feed the lambs. God is calling some of you to that ministry today. I believe it with all my heart. Come and ensure that God's lambs are fed. Then Jesus said to Peter, take care of my sheep. Does that not encapsulate the pastoral ministry of our church? And the pastoral team is absolutely brilliant. But a lot of them, quite a few of them have been doing it for quite a long time. And we need younger, fresh faces to come in and reinvigorate the ministry under Sophie's leadership. Is God calling you to take care of his sheep? And then Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
Well, the preaching and leading team is going to be shrinking with Daniel off to St. Barbara's, Jeff off to Stonely, myself going today. There are many gaps in our worship teams, in the technical teams, in the other teams that help support to put on services. Never mind the Alpha courses, the life groups and the like. And what about the PCC too? That's in need of fresh, younger voices. These are some of the ways that our sheep are fed. Where might you fit into the sheep feeding that needs to happen? A new call's exciting, but it is also painful. I feel pain today. But you know, talking to others or sitting quietly in God's presence, just allowing the Holy Spirit to bring thoughts into our mind and speak to the depths of our hearts, that will help us to find a way to clarity and to peace of mind. So whether God is calling you to stay as you are, to stay where you are, or whether he's calling you to get up and leave your comfort zone and embark on a new venture, he'll work with you to help you to fulfill your gifts and your skills and your talents. So as I and Steve leave you and this church that we have loved deeply for many years, sorry, I'm going to ask you these things. Please forgive me for the many times that I've hurt you or let you down or left you feeling unvalued or wasn't there when you needed someone. Forgive me for the many times that I have failed to meet the high standards that God places on his ordained ministers. Forgive me, but release me now into my new ministry. Send me out with your love and your blessing. And I will leave you with my love and blessing in return. So forgive me, release me, but also thank you. Thank you for the love, thank you for the encouragement, the support, the challenge and the acceptance that you've extended to me. Thank you for graciously putting up with my many mistakes and for celebrating with me when things have gone well. Thank you for the love, the laughs, the fun, the fellowship. Thank you for all I've learned from so many of you, which have made me into the person that I am today and ready for this new challenge and this new direction. Thank you. So as we receive... As we reach this new dawn of our lives, dawn of a new era, lockdown easing, live services and meetings resuming, shops reopening, even the start of a new sermon series next week. Let's go on into the future together. Let's go on alive to Christ and open to the bidding of his Holy Spirit. So thank you for being my fellow travellers for these last 30 years. And may God bless you and and keep you as you journey on together. And may we all be obedient to the command that Jesus gave to Peter and to all of us after him when Jesus simply said, 
follow me.